1: Back in 2017, in Nogales, Arizona, a group of 25 trucking and logistics company owners met because they were worried. It was because the feds were beginning to enforce regulations that bar them from employing Mexican truck drivers with B-1 visas to haul cargo in the United States. Among them was Jimmy Watson, Jr. Long story short, if we don't fix this soon, 100 companies will close in Nogales, he told the Nogales International newspaper. At the time, Watson's dad ran a local trucking company, JSJ Enterprises. A year later, Watson Sr. and another Logales trucking company owner that was at that meeting would be arrested by agents from Homeland Security Investigations. They were charged with illegally employing Mexican truck drivers and harboring them for profit. From Point Waves, this is Long Haul Crime Log, a podcast about the dark side of trucking. I'm Noi Mahoney in San Antonio, Texas.
0: I'm Clarissa Haas in Kansas City, Missouri.
2: And I'm Nate Tabak in Toronto, Canada. Today on the show, we talk about the rules that determine who can move freight in a commercial truck in the U.S. and who can drive that freight and what happens when those rules get broken. Uh, So, Noi, tell us about what's been going on in your world of of cross-border trucking. You just wrote a story about that there there have been some chatter uh, among uh, in the industry there the people are concerned that there has been there's being abuse of this visa program involving uh, truck drivers from
1: Mexico what, what, what's going on uh, yeah last week um, I published a story titled Mexican b1 visa truckers conducting illegal runs in the US and uh, the story is based on two sources that I was able to uh, locate. One of them is a trucking company owner based in South Texas, and the other source was a trucking company owner based in Monterrey, Mexico. And both of these guys had similar stories in that um, companies are abusing the B-1 visa program uh, that, and employing Mexican truck drivers to deliver loads point to point in the U.S., which is illegal under uh, cabotage regulations.
2: And so I think it's like cabotage uh, for for those who don't know about cabotage, which I think it's a lot of people and cabotage refers to the point to point uh, transportation of goods or people uh, within the borders of a country. And there are a lot of rules across the world sort of governing cabotage. And the United States is among them. You have them in Canada. Uh, You have them in Mexico. And there are a lot of these that are set up basically to kind of uh theoretically help ensure that the labor markets are kind of preserved within the countries and not sort of overtaken um by you know people from abroad. So basi- so basically this no wait, this B1 visa program, um maybe you could explain like what exactly does it allow um trucking companies to do and what do truck driver Truck drivers from Mexico have B1 visas. What exactly are they allowed to do with these visas?
1: B-1 visa is issued by uh US immigration, you know, ICE. And it's basically a work visa where, like in the case of a Mexico-based truck driver, a Mexican driver with a B-1 visa can pick up a, a load in say Nueva Loreto, Mexico. That B-1 driver can take that load across the border to laredo texas that's legal the driver can either then deadhead back to mexico or take another load as they are headed directly back to noel laredo but they can't once they deliver that load to laredo texas they can't go any further into the u.s but what my source in uh south texas the texas trucking company owner said is happening is instead of returning to mexico a lot of these b1 drivers are being hired by us companies to pick up new loads and go further into the us often you know taking work for less pay or undercutting what trucking companies would pay american drivers or us drivers which is illegal
2: why is it that there are people that you know in the industry that are worried uh like are or upset that this is happening is this like affecting business uh
1: that that's absolutely correct like the uh the trucking company owner in texas said um these companies that are illegally employing you know mexican drivers with b1 visas they're crashing rates in other words uh they're they're paying them less than they would pay american drivers under the table they're paying them under the table too so these guys aren't paying any kind of taxes Um, and in his case it makes him it makes it harder for him to hire drivers because you know they'll tell him you know I can make more money working for this other company that's paying me under the table when this guy's trying to do everything above board and be legal and uh, so he's losing business that way
2: there's sort of there's two issues I guess going on here is that one that In instances where this is apparently happening, you have um, sort of the people who are legitimately using this program who are being undermined by it. And then there's like the broader issue of if they're doing domestic moves in the U.S. when they shouldn't be, they're potentially taking freight away from regular U.S. drivers.
1: That's correct. Like the example he gave me was, um, you know, he could pay. His usual rate to pay a driver to haul a load from Laredo to Los Angeles is uh, six hundred dollars, uh, but these companies are paying these Mexican drivers half that—you know, three hundred dollars—to take a load from Laredo to Lo- to Los Angeles, and so he can't compete with that. And this is—and this
2: has been, I think, a long-standing issue in uh, in the trucking industry in North America you know it i i haven't been you know i I've, I've only been covering this industry for a couple of years but i think clarissa you probably know better than i do that over um it's like this the is this issue of cabotage whether it's canadian drivers or mexican drivers seems to come up a lot
0: this has been an ongoing issue uh, i've covered the industry for about 15 years and this has been an ongoing problem and um it, with you know the you know kind of complaints about um, you know going past uh, the uh, the border zone or where they're allowed to drive, and um, continuing you know point to point you know to, to go take the full load instead of meeting a relay driver at a certain area and then them taking the load on so. Yeah, but it crops up every few years that there's either like a fatal crash involving where uh, maybe a driver that is from like a Mexican domiciled carrier is, you know, driving in the U.S. Like in the case of of this, where um, Jimmy Watson's company, one of his drivers was involved in a fatality a few months before the raid. And um, I wonder if that all of a sudden—I know that they were talking about cracking down, but if that really brought hyper focus
2: on, on, on the issue of cabotage. I think that one of the interesting things about these issues is that there are very like there are different rules applying for Mexican drivers and Canadian drivers. So, like a, a, a Mexican driver, for instance, you need one of these B1 visas, and then there's sort of. The restrictions on whether you operate in this like economic zone or you can go de- you know uh, all the way into the u.s canadian drivers on the other hand they just they don't need a special visa to to go to the u.s actually um and they obviously have to abide by uh, certain conditions and they effectively have the same kind of uh provi- they have to sort of state what they're doing to the border officer and obviously they're driving a truck and they're the same you know similar limitations governing what they can do as far as capital is, is concerned but there is i think also over the years in particular a lot of focus on uh because there are far more canadian drivers coming into the u.s uh, than than are mexican ones there's also been sort of this issue about like what's you know what's going on uh you know once once they're in the u.s um and i at least know anecdotally there are definitely you know it is a it is a thing that happens but i think there's this the open question about how how often does it happen and is it actually a problem for the industry? And I don't think anyone has actually been able to answer that. And I, I think the like I think on the unfortunate thing is that often when we're talking about you know issues of like nationhood and sort of citizenship and and all those things, and I say this as a person who's both a citizen of the U.S. and Canada, is that these the issues tend to get very emotional, and we always think about how is this you know okay it's this one country harming this other country um but i think that one of the these the interesting things uh you know i think that you you know has pointed out in your story is that it's actually not just it's not as simple as oh it's it's like mexico you know oh this is mexico or mexicans that are like screw- you know screwing with with the us freight market
1: yeah that's correct you know um i was able lucky enough to find a a source in Mexico, this trucking company owner in monterey, and he told me his side of how it affects you know his business and how this situation affects the uh, Mexican trucking industry and for his company specifically, he owns a trucking company, I think he said he had about five hundred trucks, and what happens in for him is these Mexican drivers know that they if they can get a b one visa they can get a job with a lot of these. Uh, U.S. companies that'll pay them under the table, you know, and pay them to deliver loads point to point in the U.S. So he's said he's told me he's losing his best drivers constantly to U.S. companies uh, because they know they can go to the U.S. You know, in Mexico, I think he told me the average pay for a truck driver is fifteen hundred dollars a month. And in they can go to the U S and make 4,000, you know, $5,000 a month. So it's a, it's a no brainer for a lot of these drivers. But in his case, um, he says, you know, I have to try to bring in 30 new recruits every month, you know, and out of those 30 recruits, maybe one driver will turn out to be, you know, a really competent, good driver. And then a few months later, that one driver will go get a job with a Mexican carrier using a B one V I'm sorry, a U.S. carrier you know, with his B-1 visa. And so he's left with this constant, you know, search for competent drivers.
2: And how is it actually, you know, enforced, you know, that if someone has a B-1 visa, that they're actually only doing um, sort of these cross-border loads? Like who's actually keeping an eye on whether, like whether the the terms of this visa are being, you know, that they're being abided by?
1: You know, this is one of the really, interesting thing cabotage regulation falls under the jurisdiction of both u.s customs border protection and uh u.s you know citizenship and immigration services so u.s customs and border protection enforces the regulation of goods and equipment coming across the border but immigration enforces the regulation of you know the workers and that's where the gray area starts to come in and the confusion starts to come in um and so you know, in the case in Arizona, as as uh, Clarissa pointed out earlier, it's it's unclear why all of a sudden they decided to start enforcing this. It may have been because of that trucking accident. Um, according to agents at that time, they said they got uh, a tip from a from a I guess an unnamed source that these two companies in Nogales were breaking you know cabotage regulations. Um and when it ended what ended up happening was, you know, Jimmy Watson Sr. was convicted uh you know of unlawful employment of aliens and he was sentenced to a year of probation and he had to forfeit two of his trucks. And another trucking company owner, uh, believe his name was Luis Rivera, uh, of L and R trucking in Nogales, also pled guilty and same thing, he was fined twenty thousand dollars and had to forfeit two of his trucks. And as far as I know, those are the only two instances of uh, trucking company owners or officials uh, being uh, convicted of charges, you know, related to cabotage regulations. Um, It seems like uh, if it happens more often, it doesn't make the news. Uh, But this was definitely one of the big cases that made the news about two guys breaking cabotage regulations.
2: Well, if, you know we were we were talking about this earlier and we were looking at the actual like the court documents of this. you know one of the things that that kind of that, that stood out is that when you look at the actual facts of the the case of what they were uh, charged with and what they pleaded guilty to, it has nothing you know they're not really talking about this issue of cabotage. It's really about uh, employment of people who had uh, you know illegally entered the US and also that they were like harboring them illegally. So it kind of, you know, this issue of the actual cabotage um, rule, we don't know. It's sort of unclear, you know, uh, how this actually sort of, to, it was definitely, it was sort of the premise of, I think, how they got arrested and charged in the first place. But from a legal standpoint, the case seem, seems to have ultimately been about sort of the the status of these drivers. And there's
0: multiple agencies and, you know, which one, you know, and in working together, we know how government sometimes works when in, in one country. But when you're trying to manage like three um, different countries and and different agencies involved and and reporting incidents like this, I think it gets really confusing.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably why you don't see more enforcement of this you know cabotage right i think you hit the nail on the head it involves three countries d- three different enforcement agencies and it's just it's, it just falls into this really gray murky air murky area
2: well and there's and i think there's also the the question of you know when when is it harmful versus you know when when is it not harmful and i think that it's also i think important to keep in mind that like you know for people who are you know, actually, the drivers in these kind of situations where, yes, they're, you know, they're, they're brought in because they're making more than they would in their, in their home country. You know, the, the unfortunate thing is that one, you know, if, you know, bad things happen, maybe your, so your employer has you doing illegal or unsafe things, that you're not really in a, in a, in a, in a position to like, to, to raise an issue about that. Or you may be too scared to, because you know, kind of, that unfortunately, if you, if you sort of reveal yourself to have, you know, been sort of in violation of of like your visa, you're kind of setting yourself up to not be able to do this ever again.
0: You've been listening to Long Haul Crime Log from Freight Waves. You can find more episodes by searching for Long Haul Crime Log wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you like us, why not subscribe? And maybe even tell your friends about us.
2: And we're also on Twitter now. Our handle is Long Haul Crime. And anyone out there with a story to share, you can shoot us a line at crime at freightwaves.com. And if you're especially, you know, if you're someone who breaks cabotage rules, uh, we'd love to hear about it. Maybe there are some wild cabotage stories. You never know.
1: Um, but we'd love to hear from you. Tune in next week for more stories from the dark side of trucking.